Heroes of Olympus, Book 1, The Lost Hero, by Rick Riordan. Chapter 1, Jason. Even before he got electrocuted, Jason was having a rotten day. He walked in the backseat of a school bus, not sure where he was, holding hands with a girl he didn't know. That wasn't necessarily the rotten part. The girl was cute, but he couldn't figure out who she was or what he was doing there. He sat up and rubbed his eyes, trying to think. A few dozen kids sprawling the seats in front of him listened to iPods, talking or sleeping. Joel looked around his age. Fifteen? Sixteen? Okay, that was scary. He didn't know his own age. The bus rumbled along a bumpy road. Out the windows, desert rolled by under a bright blue sky. Jason was pretty sure he didn't live in the desert. He tried to think back the last thing he remembered. The girl squeezed his hands. Jason, you okay? She wore faded jeans, hiking boots, and a fleece snowboarding jacket. Her chocolate brown hair was cut choppy and uneven with thin strands braided down the sides. She wore no makeup like she was trying not to draw attention to herself, but it didn't work. She was seriously pretty. Her eyes seemed to change color like a cadiloscope, brown, blue, and green. Thus, Jason let go of her hand. Um, I don't... In the front of the bus, a teacher shouted, All right, cupcakes, listen up! The guy was obviously a coach. His baseball cap was pulled over his hair so you could just see his beady eyes. He had a wispy goatee and a sour face like he needed something moldy. His broad arms and chest pushed together a bright orange polo shirt. His nylon workout pants and Nikes were spotless white. A whistle hung from his neck and a megaphone clip on his belt. He would have looked pretty scary if he hadn't been five feet zero. When he stood up in the aisle, one of the students called up. Stand up, Coach Hedge! I heard that! The, uh, the coach scanned for the, the offender, but then his eyes fixed on Jason and his skull depended. A jolt went down Jason's spine. He was sure the coach didn't know he belonged there. He was going to call Jason now, demand to know what he was doing in the bus, and Jason wouldn't have a clue what to say. But Coach Hedge looked around and cleared his throat. <clears throat> We're arriving in five minutes. Stay with your partner. Don't lose your worksheet. And if any of you precious little cupcake causes any trouble in this trip, I will personally send you back to campus the hard way. He picked up a baseball bat and made like he was hitting a homer. Jason looked at the girl next to him. Now he talked to us like that? She shuddered. Always does. This is a wilderness school when the kids are the animals. She said it like it was a joke they shared before. This is some kind of mistake, Jason said. I'm not supposed to be here. The boy in front of him turned a laugh. Yeah, right, Jason. We've all been friends. I didn't run away six times and Piper didn't steal a BMW. The girl bothered. I didn't steal that car, Leo. Oh, I forgot, Viper. What was your story? You talked to the dealer into letting you? He raised his eyebrows as Jason that's a saying. Can you believe her? Leo looked like a Latino Santa elf with curly black hair, pointy ears, and a cheerful babyish face and mischievous smile that told you right away that guy shouldn't be trusted around with matches or sharp objects. His long, nimble fingers wouldn't stop moving. Drumming on the seat, sweeping his hair behind his ears, fiddling with the button on his arm fatigue jacket. Either the kid was naturally hyper or he hopped up on enough sugar and caffeine to give a heart attack to a water buffalo. Anyway, Leo said, I hope you have 
Jaworski she got I use mine for speed watch days ago. Why are you looking at me like that? Somebody drawn at my face again? I don't know you, Jason said. Leo gave him a crocodile scream. Sure, I'm not your best friend. I'm his evil clone. Leo Valdez! Coach Hedge yelled from the front. Problem back there? Leo winked at Jason. Watch this. He turned in front. Sorry, Coach. I was having trouble hearing you. Could you use me your megaphone, please? Coach had grunted like he was pleased to have an excuse. He unclipped the megaphone from his belt and continued giving directions, but his voice came out like Darth Vader. The kids cried out. The coach tried again, but this time the megaphone blurred. The cow says moo! The kids howled and the coach slammed down the megaphone. Valdez! Piper Steve laughed. <laughs> My god, Leo, how did you do that? Leo slipped a tiny Phillips screwdriver from his sleeve. I'm a special guy. Guys, seriously, Jason pleaded. What am I doing here? Where are we going? Piper knew her elbow. Jason, are you joking? No, I have no idea. Oh, yeah, he's joking, Jason, Leo said. He's trying to get me back for the shaving cream and the jello thing, aren't you? Jason stared at him blankly. No, I think he's serious. Piper tried to shake his hand again, but he pulled it. I'm sorry, he said. I don't, I can't. That's it, coach. Had to yell from the front. The back row has just volunteered to clean up after lunch. The rest of the kids cheered. There's a shocker, Leo muttered. But Piper kept her eyes on Jason like she couldn't decide whether to be hurt or worried. Did you hit your head or something? You really don't know who we are? And Jason shook her helplessly. It's worse than that. I don't know who I am. The, the bus dropped them in front of a big stucco complex like a museum, just in the middle of nowhere. Maybe that's where, where it was. The National Museum of Nowhere, Jason thought. A cold wind blew across the desert. Jason hadn't paid much attention to what he was wearing. But it wasn't nearly warm enough. Jeans and sneakers, a purple t-shirt and a thin black windbreak. So, crash course for music, Leo said in a helpful tone that made Jason think that was not going to be helpful. We go to the wilderness school. Leo make air quotes with his fingers, which means we're bad kids. Your family or the court or whoever decided you were much too trouble, so they ship you off to this lovely prison, sorry, boarding school in Armpit, Nevada, when you learn valuable nature skills like running 10 miles a day through the cacti, waving daisies into hats. And for a special treat, we got we go on educational field with Coach Hedgeke keeps all the order with a baseball bat. Is it coming to you now? No. Jason hand glanced apprehensively at the other kids. Maybe 20 guys? Have that many girls. None of them look like hardened criminals, but he wondered what they all want to get sentenced for school for the delinquents, and he wondered why he belonged with them. Leo rolled his eyes. You're really going to play this song, huh? So, okay, the three of us started here this semester. We're totally tight. You do everything I say and give me your dessert and do my chores. Leo! Piper snapped. Fine, ignore that last part, but we are friends. Well, Piper a little more than your friend the last few weeks. Leo, stop it! Piper's 
face turned red. Jason could feel his face burning too. He thought he remembered some if he'd been going up with a girl like Piper. He's got amnesia or something. We've got to tell somebody. Yoska. <laughs> Who? Coach Hedge? He tried to fix Jason by walking him upside the head. The coach was at the front of the group barking orders and blowing his whistle to keep the kids in line. But every so often he glanced back at Jason and scowled. Leo, Jason needs help. He's got a concussion or... Joe Piper. One of the other guys dropped back to join them as the group was heading into the museum. The new guy wedged himself between Jason and Piper and knocked Leo down. Don't talk to his bottom feeders. You're my partner, remember? The new guy had dark hair cut, Superman style, a deep tan, and teeth so white that he'd have sh they should have come with a warning label. Do not stare directly at it. Permanent blindness might occur. He wore a Dallas Cowboy jersey, western jeans, and boots, and he smiled like he was a God's gift to you know delinquent girls everywhere. Jason hated him instantly. Go away, Dylan, Piper grumbled. I didn't ask to work with you. Ah, that's no way to be. This is your lucky day. Dylan hooked his arm through hers and dragged her through the museum entrance. Piper shot one last look over her shoulder like 911. Leo got out and of that. I hate that guy. He offered Jason and Zemna as they should go skipping inside together. Jason says, you're weird. Yeah, he told me that I loved Leo Green, but if you don't remember me, then that means I can reveal all my old jokes. Come on. Leo figured if that was his best friend, his life must be pretty messed up, but he followed Leo into the museum. They walked through the building, stopping here and there for Coach Hedge to lecture them with his megaphone, which alternately made him sound like a Sith Lord or Black. A blad out random comments like, The pig says oink! Leo kept pulling out nuts and balls and pipe cleaners from his pockets of his army jacket and putting them together like he had to keep his hands busy at all times. Leo was, Jason was too distracted to pay much attention at the exits, but they were about the Grand Canyon and the Hula Pie tribe which owned the museum. Some girls kept looking at Piper and Dylan and Snickering. Jason figured out these girls were the popular cliché. They wore matching jeans and pink tops and enough makeup for a Halloween party. One of them said, Hey Piper, do you try around this place? Do you get in free if you do a rain dance? The other girls laughed. Even Piper's so-called partner Dylan suppressed a smile. Piper's snowboarding jacket sleeves hid her hands, but Jason got the feeling she was clenching her fist. My dad's Cherokee, she said, no hula pie. Cordial need a few brains so to know the other difference, Elizabeth. Elizabeth went and dyed her hands in mock surprise so that she looked like an owl with makeup addition. Oh, sorry, was your mom in this tribe? Oh, that's right, you didn't hear your mom. Piper charged at her, but even before she, a fight could start, Coach Hedgeback. Enough back there, set a good example or break out my baseball bat. The group shuffled out the exhibit, but the girls kept calling out little comments to Piper. I'm good to be proud on the rest, one asked in a sweet voice. That's probably too drunk to work, another said with a fake sympathy. 
That's why she turned klepto. Piper ignored them, but Jason was ready to punch them himself. He might not remember Piper or even who he was, but he knew he hated mean girls. Leo caught his arm. His arm. Be cool, Piper doesn't like us fighting her battles. Besides, if those girls found out the truth about her dad, they'll be bowing down at her and screaming. We're not worthy! Why, what about her dad? Leo laughed in disbelief. <clears throat> you are not kidding. You really don't remember about your girlfriend's dad. Look, I wish I did, but I don't even remember her, much less her dad. Leo whistled. Whatever, we have to talk when we get back to the dorm. They reached the far end of the exhibit hall when some big glass door led to outer terrace. Alright, Cupcakes, Coach had announced. You are about to see the Grand Canyon. Try not to break it. The skywalk can hold the weight of 70 Jumbo jets, so you, your fairway should be safe out there. If possible, try not try to avoid pushing each other off the edge, as that will cost me pay extra paperwork. The coach opened the doors and they stepped outside. The Grand Canyon spread before them live and in person. Extending over the edge was a horseshoe-shaped walkway made of glass so you could see right through it. Man, Leo said, that's pretty wicked. Leo, ha Jason had to agree. Despite his amnesia, he, he and his feelings that he didn't belong there, he couldn't help being impressed. The canyon was bigger and wider, so you could appreciate it from a picture. They were up so high that birds circled below their feet. 500 feet below, a river snaked along the canyon floor. Banks of storm clouds all had moved over her while they made inside, casting shadows like angry faces across the cliffs. As far as Jason could see in any directions, red and gray ravens cut through the desert like some crazy cut had taken a knife to it. Jason had a piercing pain behind his ears. Crazy cuts. Where he could come up with that idea? He felt like he got close to something important, something he should know about. He had an unmistakable feeling like he was in danger. You alright? Leo asked. You're not going to throw up over my side, are you? Because I should have broke my camera. Leo grabbed the railing. He was shivering and sweating, but she had nothing to do with heights. He blinked and the pain in the eye subsided. I'm fine, just a headache. Samba rumbled over her. A cold wind almost knocked him sideways. That can't be safe. Leo squinted the clouds. Storm right over us, but it's clear all the way around. We aren't, huh? Leo Jason looked look up and saw Leo was right. A dark circle of clouds had parked itself over the skywalk, but the rest of the sky in every direction was perfectly clear. Jason had a bad feeling about that. All right, cupcakes, coach had yelled. He frowned at the storm like it bothered him too. We may have to cut this short to get to work. Remember, complete sentences. The storm rumbled at Jay and Jason's head began to hurt again. Not knowing wh why he did it, he, re he reached his jeans pocket and broke out a coin. A, a circle of, the of gold size a half a dollar, but thicker and more uneven. Stamped on once, it was a picture of a battle axe. There was some guy's face, Reggie Laurels. The inscription said something like Ilibis. 
Dang, is that gold you asked? You've been holding it out for me? Jason put the coin away, wondering how he'd come up to have it, had a feeling he needed soon. It's nothing, he said. Just a coin. Little chocolate. Maybe his mind had to keep moving as much as he can. Come on, he said. They get to spit over the edge. They didn't try very hard on the worksheet. For one thing, Jason was too distracted by the storm and his own mixed-up feelings. For another thing, he didn't have any idea how to name three sedentary strata you observe or describe two examples of heroism. Leo was no help. He was too busy building a helicopter out of pipe cleaners. Check this out! He launched the copter. Jason figured it would plumber, but the pipe cleaner blades actually spun. The little copter made it halfway across the canyon before it lost momentum and spiraled into the void. How did you do that? Dear Sugar, would have been good if I had some rubber bands. Seriously? We are friends? Last I checked. You sure? What was the first day we met? What did we talk about? It was Leo Frowns. I don't recall exactly. I'm ADHD, man. You can expect me to remember all details, but but I don't remember you at all. I don't remember anyone here. What if you're right and everybody else is wrong? You think you just appeared here this morning and we all got fake memories of you? A little voice in Jason's head said, that's exactly what I think. But it sounded crazy. Everybody here took him for granted. Everybody acted like he was normal part of the class except coach for coach head. Take the worksheet. Leo, Jason handed Leo the paper. I'll be right back. Before Leo could protest, Jason headed across the skywalk. The, their school group had their place themselves. Maybe it was too early in day for tourists, or maybe the weird weather had scared them off. The wilderness school kids had spread out in pairs across the skywalk. Most were jogging, jogging around or talking. Some of the guys were dropping pennies over the sides. About 50 feet away, Piper was trying to fill out her worksheet, but her stupid partner Dylan was hitting on her, putting his hand on her shoulders and giving her that blinding white smile. She kept pushing him away and then she saw Jason and gave him a look like total dislike on him. Jason motioned her for two hands. He walked up to Coach as who was learning on his baseball studying the storm clouds. Did you do this? The coach asked him. Jason took a step back. Do what? He, it sounded like the coach had just assassinated the thunderstorm. Coach Hedge glared at him, his beady lady little eyes glinting under the brim of his hat cap. Don't play games with me, kid. Who are you here and why are you messing up my job? You mean you don't know me? I'm not one of your students, Jason said. Head snorted. I've never seen you before today. Jason was so believed he almost wanted to cry. At, at last he wasn't going insane. He was he was in the wrong place. Look, sir, I don't know how I got here. I just woke up in the school bus. All I know is I'm not supposed to be here. Got that right. Head's gruff voice dropped to a murmur like he was sharing a secret. You're have a powerful way with the mist kid so you can make all these people think they know you but you can't fool me i've been spending months for days now 
I knew we hadn't infiltrated, but you don't smell like a monster, you smell like a half-blood. So who are you and where did you come from? Most of what the coach said didn't make sense, but Jason decided to answer honestly. I don't know who I am, I don't have any more memories, you have to help me. Coach has studied Jason with studied Jason's face like he was trying to read Jason's thoughts. Great, you've been truthful, Hedge muttered. Of course I am, and what, are, what about monsters and half-bloods? Are those cold words or something? Hedge narrowed his eyes. Part of Jason wondered if, he, if that guy was just nuts, but the other part knew better. Look it, I don't know who you are, I just know what you are, and it means trouble. Now I've got to protect three of you rather than two. Are you the special package? Is that it? What are you talking about? Hedge looked at the storm. The clothes were getting thicker and darker, hovering over the sidewalk. This morning, Hedge said, I got a message from camp. They say an extraction team is on the way. They're coming to pick a special package, but they wouldn't give me details. I thought myself, fine. The two I'm watching are pretty powerful, older than most. I know they've been stuck. I can smell a monster in the group. I fear why the camp is suddenly friendly to pick them up, but then you pop up out from nowhere. So are you the special package? The pain behind Jason's eyes got worse than ever. Half-bloods? Camp? Monsters? He still didn't know what Hedge was talking about, but the words gave him a massive brain freeze, and his mind was trying to access information that should have been there but wasn't. He stumbled and caught Hedge for a short guy, for the short guy, the coach had hands like steel. Well, there, cupcake, you say you got the memories, huh? Fine, I'll just let you watch until the team gets here. We'll let you, the director, figure things out. What director? Jason said. What camp? Just sit tight. Reinforcements should be here soon. Hopefully, nothing happens before. Lightning crack overheard the wind pick up with a with a vengeance. Rockchish flew into the Grand Canyon and the entire bridge shuddered. Crates screaming, stumbling and grabbing the rails. I had to say something, Hedge grumbled. He belonged in his megaphone. Everybody inside the cow says boom off the skywalk. I thought you said the thing was stable, Jason shouted of the wind. Under no more circumstances, Hedge agreed. With this aren't. Come on! Chapter 2 Jason The storm turned into a miniature hurricane. Funnel clouds snake tore the skyward like tentacles of a monster jellyfish. Skids screamed and ran for the building. The winds snatched away the notebooks, jackets, hats, and backpacks. Jason skidded across the slick floor. He had lost his balance and almost toppled over the railing. But Jason grabbed his jacket and pulled him back. Thanks, man, Leo yelled. Go, go, go! Coach Jacob's chest. Piper and Dylan were holding the doors open, herding the other kids inside. Piper's snowboarding jacket was flapping wildly, her dark hair all in fair play. Jason must have thought she'd been freezing, but she looked calm and confident. Telling the others it would be okay, encouraging to keep moving. Jason, Leo, and Count Hedge ran toward them, but it was like running through a quicksand. The, the wind seemed to be 
to fight them, pushing them back. Jiren and Piper push one more kid inside and lost their grip on the doors. They slammed shut, closing off the skywalk. Piper tugged in the handles. Inside, the kid pounded on the glass, but the, girl, but the door seemed to be stopped. Dylan, help! Piper shouted. Dylan stood there with Han and the other queen. His skyboat jersey rippling in the wind and was suddenly enjoying in the storm. Sorry, Piper. I'm done helping. He flicked his wrist and Piper flew backwards, slamming through the door and sliding through a skywalk deck. Piper! Jason tried to charge forward, but the wind was against him and Coach had pushed him back. Coach, Jason said, let me go. Let me go. Jason, Leo, stand behind me. This is my fight. I should have known there was a, that was a monster, the coach ordered. What? Leo demanded. A rose worship slapped him in the face, but he sweated it away. What monster? The coach had Leo sitting above his curly hair where two bumps, like not cartoon characters get when they're bumped on the head. Coach had left his baseball bat, it wasn't a regular bat anymore. Somehow it had changed to a ridiculous shaped tree branch club, club with three princely steel attached. Dylan gave him a side coast happy smile. Oh, come on, coach. Let the boy attack me. After all, you're getting too old for this. Isn't why you return to this stupid school? I've been on your team the entire season. You you know, you're losing your nose, Grandpa. The coach made an angry sound like an animal bleeding. That's it, Cupcake. You're going down. You think you can protect three half-bloods at once? Good luck. Dylan pointed at Leo and a funnel cloud materialized around him. Leo flew off the skywalk like he'd been tossed. Somehow he managed to twist in midair and slide sideways into the canyon wall. His kid clawing fiercely for any handhold. Finally, he grabbed a thin ledge of about 50, about 50 feet below the skywalk and hung there by his fingertips. Help! He yelled up at them. Rope, please, bungee cord, something. Jason cursed and tells Jason his club. I don't know who you are, kid, but I hope you're good. Keep that thing busy. He's Tabathana Dylan. While I get Leon. Get him how? Jason demanded. You're going to fly? Not fly. Climb. Hedge kicked off his shoes and Jason almost had a corner eye. The coach didn't have any feet. He had hooves, goat hooves, which mean those things on his head. Jason's gay lights weren't bumped. They're horns. You're a fawn! Jason said, Satyr! Hedge snapped. Fawns are Roman, but we'll talk about that later. Jason leaped over the railing. He fell towards the canyon and hit his hooves first. He bounded towards the cliff down with impossible agility, finding those no bigger than postage stamps, tilting wheel wings that tried to attack him as he peeked down his way toward Leo. Isn't that cute, Dylan? Turned towards Jason. Now it's your turn, boy. Jason threw the club. It seemed useless with the wind so strong. The club flew right at Dylan, even curving when he tried to dodge and smacked him on the head so hard he fell into his knees. Pepper wasn't as dazed as she appeared. 
Her fingers closed around the clock on its roll next to her, but before the, he could use it, didn't it gross. Blood, golden blood, sickled from its forehead. Nice try, boy! He glared at Jason. But you'll have to do it better. The sky was shattered. Hairline fractures appeared in the glass. Inside the museum, Cleet stopped banking the boards. They walked away, watching in terror. Dylan's body dissolved into smoke as his molecules were coming out blue. He had the same face, the same brilliant white smile, but his whole form was suddenly composed of swelling back vapor. His eyes, like electrical sparks in a living storm cloud, he spouted black smoky wings and rose above storm cloud. angels could be evil, Jason decided they would look exactly like this. You're Adventus, Jason said, so he had no idea where he knew that word. A storm spirit. Dylan's laughing like a tornado tearing off a roof. I'm glad I waited, demigod. Leo and Piper I've known about for weeks. Could have killed them at any time, but my mistress said a third was coming. Someone special. She warned me great before your death. Two more funnel clouds touch other side of Dylan and turn into venti. Ghostly young men with smoky wings and eyes like glitters like lightning. Piper stayed down, pretending to be dazed, but her hands still gripping the club. Her face was pale, but she gave Jason a determined look like, and he understood the message. The message. Keep their attention. I'll burn them from me from behind. Cute, smart, and violent. Jason wished he remembered he, uh, her as a girlfriend. He checked his way to target, but he never got a chance. Dylan raised his hand, arcs of electricity running between his fingers, and blasted Jason in the chest. Bang! Jason found himself flat on the back. His mouth tasted like burning aluminum foil. He licked his head and saw that his clothes were smoking. The lightning bolt had gone straight through his body and blasted up his left shoe. His toes were black with, with soot. The storm spirits were laughing. The winds raged. Piper was screaming defiantly, but it all sounded tiny and far away. Out the corner of his eye, Jason saw Coach Hedge climbing the cliff with Leo on his back. Piper was on her feet, desperately climbing the club to find out Two extra storm spirits, but they were just toying with her. The club went right through their bodies, but they weren't there, and Dylan was a, a dark wing tornado with his eyes bloom over Jason. Stop! Jason grabbed. He's losing steady in his feet and wasn't sure who was most surprised him or the storm spirits. How are you alive? D Dylan's form flickered. What was enough lightning to kill 20 men? My turn, Jason said. He reached his pocket and pulled out the gold coin. He lost his stinking case over, flipping the coin in the air like he'd done it a thousand times. He got it in his palm and suddenly he was holding a sword, a wickedly sharp double-edged weapon. He reached fitting his fingers perfectly and the whole thing was gold, hilt, handle and blade. Dylan snarled and backed up. He looked at the two commanders and yelled, Well. The two storm speeders didn't look happy for that order.
but if you are Jason, the thing is crackling with electricity. Jason's song of the first spirit. His plate passed through it, and the creature's monkey formed the him to play. The second spirit let loose the balls of lightning, but Jason played a shorter Jason stepped in, one face fast, and the second turn dissolved into gold powder. Did a welding outrage. He looked down at the king, expecting his commanders to reform, but the gold dust remained dispersed in the wind. Impossible! Who are you, calf blood? Pepper was so stunned, she dropped the club. Jason, how? Then Goshad slipped back on the skywalk and dumped Leo like a sack of flour. Spirits! Fear me! Hedge below, plucking his short arms, then he looked around and realized there was only Dylan. Curse it, boy! He snapped at Jason. Didn't you leave me some? I like a ta- challenge. Leo let go his feet, breathing hard. He looked completely humiliated. He couldn't blame from clawing at the rocks. Yo, coach, super goat, whatever you are. I just fell down the frigging gun canyon. Stop ex- asking for challenges. Dylan hissed at them, but Jason could see his fear in the eyes. You have no idea how many enemies you awaken, half blood. My mistress will destroy all demigods. This is a war you cannot win. Above them, the storm exploded into full forest gale cracks expanded on the skywalk. Sheets of rain poured down and Jason had to crouch to keep his balance. A hole opened in the clouds, a swirling vortex of black, black and silver. My mis- the mistress calls me back, Dylan shouted with glee. And you, demigods, will come with me. He landed Jason, but Piper tackled the monster from, from behind. Even though he was made of milk, Piper somehow managed to connect. Both of them went spotting. Leo, Jason, and Coach surged forward to help the spirit scream with rage. He let loose a torrent that knocked them all afterward. Jason and Coach Hedge landed on the butts. Jason swore skidded across the glass. Leo hit the back of his head and pulled on his side, dazed and groaning. Piper got the worst of it. She was thrown off of Dylan's back and hit the railing. Tumbling out of sight, she was hanging by one hand on the abyss. Pip- Jason started towards her. But Jillian screamed, I'll settle for this one. She grabbed Leo's arm and began to rise, throwing a half-conscious Leo behind him. The storm spun faster, pulling them upward like a vacuum cleaner. Help! Piper yelled, somebody! Then she slipped screaming as she fell. Jason, go! Piper had yelled, save her! The coach launches himself at the spirit with some serious goat tool, slashing out his hoops, knocking Leo from free from the spirit's grasp. Leo dropped safely in the floor, but Dylan grabbed the coach's arms instead. Coach tried to help out, then kick him and call him a cupcake. They rose into air, gaining speed. Coach shouted once more, Save her! And I got this! Then the Sailor and the storm spirit spirals through the clouds and disappeared. Save her, Jason thought, she's gone. But again, he's instant one. Even 
to the railing thinking I'm a lunatic and jump over the side. Julian was scared of heights. He was scared of being smashed against the canyon floor 500 feet below. He figured he had accomplished anything except from dying along with Piper, but he took his arms and plummeted head fist. The size of the canyon raced fast like a film on fast forward. His face felt like he was peeling off. In a heartbeat, he caught up with Piper who was falling wildly. He tackled her waist and closed his eyes, waiting for death. Piper screamed. The wind whistled in Jason's ears. He wondered what time would feel like. It would probably not good. He wished somehow they could never hit the bottom. Suddenly, the wind died. Piper's screams turned into a strangled gasp. Jason thought they must be dead, but he hadn't felt any impact. J Jason, Piper managed. He opened his eyes. They weren't falling. They were floating in meter, meter, a hundred feet above the river. He hugged Piper tight, and she reposed on herself, so she was hugging him too. They were nose to nose. Her heartbeat was so hard. Jason could feel it through her clothes. Her breath smelled like cinnamon. She said, How did you? I didn't, he said. I think I would know if I could fly. But then he thought, I don't even know who I am. He imagined going up, and people jumped as they shot a few feet higher. They were exactly floating in this air. He could feel the gesture on his feet like a ballasting on top of a geyser. Jerry is supporting us, he said. Well, take support more. Get us out of here. Jason looked down. The easiest way would be to sink gently in the canyon floor. Then he looked up. The Jason had stopped. The rain had stopped. The storm clouds didn't seem as bad as they were, but they were rumbling with and flashing. There was no guarantee the spirits were gone for good. No idea what happened with Coach Hedge, and he's left Leo up there barely conscious. We have to help them, Piper said as he freed his thoughts. Can you? Let's see. Jason got up and instantly they shot above the skyward. In fact, he was trying the winds might be cool under different circumstances, but he had too much in shock. As they landed on the skyward, they ran to Leo. Piper turned over Leo and he groaned. Her, his army curl was circled from the rain. His curly hair glittered water from the from rolling around monster dust, but at least he wasn't dead. Stupid, ugly, god, damaged. Where did he go? Never came down. Please tell me he didn't actually save my life. Twice. Jason said. Leo groaned every loud. What happened? The tornado guy, the cold sword. I hit my head, that's it, I'm hallucinating. Jason had forgot about the sword. He walked off to where it was lying. The blade was well balanced. Our hunch it flipped mid spin destroy shrunk back into a coin and landed in his fun. Yep, Leo said. Nothing hallucinating. Piper shivering her hand in her rain soaked clothes. Jason those things vented, he said. Storm spirits. Okay. You act like you've seen them before. Who are you? He shook his head. That's why I'm trying to tell you. I don't know. The storm disappeared. The other kids from the wilderness school were staring at the glass doors in horror. Security guards were working on the locks now, but they didn't seem to have any luck. 
Coach has said it had he had to protect three people. I think he meant us. Nothing Dylan turned to. He pepper shuddered. God, I can't believe he was hitting on me. He called us what, demigods? Leo lay on his eyes, staring at the sky. He didn't see anything to get up. You know what Demi means, he said, but I'm not feeling too godly. Do you guys feel godly? Those grittles sound like a dry twig snapping and it hikes on the same bed to Whedon. We need to get off this thing. Maybe if... Oh, okay, Leon jumped. Look there and tell me those are flying horses. At first, Jason thought Leo had hit his head hard. Then, then he saw a dark shade descending from the east. Too slow for a plane, too large for a bird. As they go closer, it's a play of, wing, of winged animals. Gray four-legged, exactly like horses, except each of one has 20-foot wingspan, and they were pulled by a brightly painted chair with two wheels. A chariot. Reinforcement, he said. Hedge told me an extraction squad were coming for us. Extraction squad? Leo struggled to his feet. That sounds painful. And where exactly are they stuck distracting at us? Jason watched the chariot landed on the floor on the skywalk. The flying horses stuck in their wings and chattered immediately across the glass if their sense was near breaking. Two teenagers stood in the chariot. A tall, blonde girl, maybe a little older than Jason, with a bulky dude with a shaven head and a face like a pile of bricks. They both wore jeans and an orange t-shirt with shields tossed over their backs. The girl leaped up before the chair even finished moving. She pulled a knife and rumped towards Jason group the bulky who was reining the horses. Where is he? The girl demanded. Her gray eyes were fierce and a little startling. Where's who? Jason scarred. He felt like his answer was unacceptable. Then she turned to Leon Piper. What about Glesson? Where's your protector? Glesson Hedge. The coach's first thing was Glesson. Jason might laugh in this morning had been some quite weird and scary. Glesson Hedge, football coach, goatman, and protector of demigods. Sure, why not? Leo cleared his throat. <clears throat> we got, he got taken by some tornado thing. Venti, Jason said. Storming stormy spirits. The blonde girl aged arch and arbor. You mean I'm only Swally? That's the great term. Who are you and what happened? Jason did his best to explain how he was hard to make those intense gray eyes. About halfway through the story, the other guy in from the sherry came over. He stood there glaring at them, his arms closed. He had two of a rainbow on his bicep, which seemed a little unusual. When Jason had finished the story, the blonde girl didn't look satisfied. No, no, no! She told me he would be here. She told me if I came, I'd find the answer. Annabeth, the bold girl grunted. Check it out. He pointed at Jason's feet. Jason had thought about much, but he stand missing his left shoe and blown out by lightning. His barefoot felt okay, but looked like a lump of charcoal. The guy with one shoe, said the Baldrid. Is his answer? No, Botch! The girl insisted. That can't be. I was tricked! She cleared the sky so they had done something wrong. What the... 
You wanted me. What have I done with him? The sky was shining, the horse went undrinkly. Annabeth set about it, but we've got a lay. Let's stay this street to come and finger out there. Those storm spirits might come back. She formed for a minute. Fine. She flickers in Jason with a resentful look. We'll settle this later. She turned on the heel and marched towards the chariot. Piper shook her head. What's her problem? What's going on? Seriously. Leo agreed. We have to get you out of here. I'll explain on the way, but she said. I'm not going anywhere with her. Just gesture towards the blonde. She looks like she's going to kill me. But she says he did it. And then it's okay. You gotta cut her some slash. She had a vision telling her to come here to find a guy with one shoe. That was supposed to be the answer to her problem. What problem? Piper asked. She's been looking for one of our cameras who's been missing for three days. She, but she said, she's going out of her mind with worry. She hoped to be here. Who? Jason asked. Her boyfriend. But she said, a guy named Percy Jackson. <laughs>